notice that everything you ever thought would make you happy ever after didn't? Ooh, me too. It turns out Sean Cassidy was not my soulmate. Orgasms only last a few seconds and money does not buy happiness. Hi, I'm Dr. Cheryl Fraser and welcome to Sex, Love and Elephants, the weekly podcast where we explore relationships, mind and the meaning of life. A place where you are normal if you feel like something's missing, even though you have it all. Because guess what? Happiness is an inside job. How do I know? Well, if a Buddhist nun and a sex expert had a baby, I'm it. I'm a psychologist, sex therapist, and author. I've meditated for 12 hours a day for months at a time. I've studied Tantra in Tibet, and I've taught for people like Tony Robbins and Jack Canfield and helped thousands of couples reignite passion. My mission with a loving heart is to kick your ass off the couch and into awakening. And here's the secret. If you want to cultivate wild love that lasts, compassion and curiosity, and the superpower of being happy for no reason, first, you've got to meet your elephant. So let's go. I'm going to blow your mind right now with the following statement. The source of all of your unhappiness is in your own mind. Uh Uh-huh. We have expectations about how we think things should be, how we want things to be, how we believe things should go in our life. Those are expectations. Now, reality, reality is a bitch. Reality is a bastard. Reality is a tough, tough, tough aspect of being alive. Have you ever noticed that your expectations and reality often have a major clash? Here's a very simple example. Yesterday, I had the flight home from hell. Yes, I was in New York City for about 10 days for business and also visiting one of my dear, dear friends who flew out from California to meet me there. We went to see Broadway shows. We were taking care of two ginormous, beautiful dogs and we were romping through Central Park every day. It was a fantastic trip. And I was so pleased about the flight plan I got on the way home. Normally, if you're going to fly from New York City to my little island off the coast of Vancouver, you need to make two stops. You've got to fly to Toronto or somewhere like that, change planes, fly to Vancouver, change planes, and then fly to my island. Well, I found this awesome routing and I was so pleased. It was only one stop. JFK to Calgary and then Calgary right to a little airport called Nanaimo on the island whereupon I live. So I was all like, yeah, I got the best flight plan. Going to be awesome. So I did all the things on my last day. I walked the dogs. I dried the dog because it was pouring rain. Can you imagine? I had 200 pounds of dog. Uh Uh-huh. I had a 120-pound Bernese Mountain Dog and about an 80-pound, 90-pound English Sheepdog. Oh my Lord, 200 pounds of dog, love these dogs to pieces, but it was pouring rain on my last day in New York City a couple days ago. I'm drying the dogs off and there's mud everywhere and I'm cleaning the apartment and I'm laughing and it's all going great. I get the Uber, I get the best Uber driver. His name was Sergey. He was from Guinea, Africa. I'd been in New York for 20 years. We talked about African history and diaspora and slavery and uh, the resources in Africa and, and the beauty of the country and so much more. It was awesome. My travel was just going great. I get to JFK. Ooh, turns out I have a priority business seat. I don't remember upgrading to that, but I'll take it. So I get to go to the priority line. It's kind of sweet. I get to get on the airplane first. So I get to the gate. First of all, the airplane's delayed a bit. I'm a little concerned because I have a 2.5 hour layover in Calgary within which I need to clear customs back into Canada and get my flight back to 
Nanaimo on my island, Vancouver Island. So I'm like, okay, we're only delayed 30 minutes. No problem. It's all going to work. You know, this story doesn't end well. My expectations were I'd be home with my sweet man who would greet me at the airport with open arms and a loving face by midnight. That was the plan. Did not go that way. My expectations were not met. So I get to the gate with a, with a Canadian air carrier and JFK. And it's a little weird because you go down all these stairs to this one little waiting room. Oh, the big planes are upstairs. Why are we downstairs? Turns out it's one of these deals, weird, 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 where you have to get on a bus and be bussed out to the tarmac and then walk up, you know, an, an external ramp, walk the stairs up to your plane. Okay, whatever. I'm a big girl. I can do that. No problem. So we get in the bus and the rain changes to be the kind of torrential waterfall downpour that I've only ever seen in the tropics in springtime, like pounding rain, the kind of rain where if you're out there for about 30 seconds, you are literally going to be soaked through, dripping wet, soaked through to your skin. So here's all these people on this bus and we're trundled out you know, five minutes or whatever to the base of the plane. And then you've got to walk a really short distance. I'm going to say about 45 seconds where you're exposed to the elements, to the pounding rain. And then you're at the base of the stairs leading up to the aircraft and they do have a covered um ceiling thing, tent-like ceiling on them. Well, thank goodness I had not packed my raincoat. I actually had it in my carry-on. So I zipped up like, I don't know, Nanook of the North zipped up like a little kid being sent out in their gumboots to splash in puddles. And so I didn't get very wet. My pants got wet in 45 seconds because it was raining so freaking hard that the water's hitting the tarmac and then splashing up to your pants. So I get on, oh man, I've got the best seat. It's priority business class. Again, I don't kind of know how I got that upgrade, but I'll take it. So the flight itself ends up sitting on the tarmac. There's lightning. Now, I don't know. I haven't looked it up and I'm going to look it up later today, but I'm assuming being in the air in a metal tube during a lightning storm might not be the best idea. So I don't know if that's why we were so delayed or just general backup. I don't know. But anyway, we end up leaving about two hours late. I'm like, dang it. Now, sometime as you know, the pilots make up the uh, time in the air. So I think we had a tailwind. So I'm still thinking, oh, good. It looks like I'll make my connection. Great. So the flight itself, very pleasant. Haven't been in business class in many years. So we got the hot meal and they had a vegetarian option. And it was actually reasonably tasty. We get the unlimited drinks. I don't drink alcohol, but, you know, I got soft drinks and actually a decent cup of tea in a ceramic mug. And I listened to a book on tape because I was starting to get a migraine. This is a bummer thing that's happened to me in the last 10 years or so. No big deal. I have certain triggers that can lead to a really, really terrible migraine. And when I get these headaches, they take me out for about 48 hours of, you know, projectile vomiting and excruciating pain and having to lay completely still. We want to avoid that. So I started to get some of the symptomatology on the flight. So I took a migraine pill which did take effect. Thank you. Thank you, modern medicine. And it prevented me being a very, very sick lady for the next couple days. Usually it's 36 to 48 hours. Makes me a little groggy. That was pleasant. I had a nice flight. Listened to a book on tape, watched a very silly movie, Puss in Boots, by the way. My brain was too befuddled from the migraine thread and the migraine pill to watch anything profound. And I land and all is well because we land and they're like, if you're getting connections, it's about 11 p.m. local time at that point. If you're getting connections, follow the purple line. Like you got to clear customs from the U.S. back into Canada. 
and then follow the purple line. So I text my hubby. I'm like, yay, honey, it looks like we're going to make the connection because I had told him, stay tuned. I don't know. We're really late leaving. So then just when I'm about to get off the plane, I'm in the second row. So I stand up, you know, get my little carry on ready to go. They go, oh, but if you're going to Fort St. John or some other place or Nanaimo, you need to pick up your bags and go see someone at check-in. I'm like, that clearly is not good. So I turned to our lovely stewardess, our flight attendant and say, what does that mean? She says, it means you're not making your connection. And I was bummed. Why? Because my expectations were arguing with reality. My expectations were, no, my flight doesn't leave for 40 minutes yet. Surely I can make it. But there's a cutoff for safety reasons for bags. So because we were within 45 minutes of departure and I had checked bags, which I often don't have, No bueno for Cheryl. And to make it worse, (laughs) I had an extra checked bag because my niece is at college in Sarah Lawrence College outside New York City, and she's moving home for the summer and then going abroad for a semester. So she has a lot of stuff she needs to send home. I said, no problem. I'll take a big bag for you. So I've got these two big unwieldy bags. I'm usually a carry-on girl. So there you go. It's now getting close to midnight, 3 a.m. to my body clock, East Coast time. And I text hubby, I go, I'm not making my connection and I am not happy. And then as I walked, waited for my bags, there was a moment of truth. Here's the truth. And this truth is true for each of us multiple, multiple, multiple times every day. I had my expectations. I had what I wanted. I had my desire, which was to have a seamless flight home and be in the arms of my hubby in about two hours as planned around midnight, my Pacific time. Calgary's an hour difference, so doesn't matter. Time changes all over the place. And I thought, okay, Cheryl, what are you going to do? You're going to pout? You're going to be angry at the weather, at the lightning, at the flight delays at JFK? No, I'm going to pick up my bags. And I was already texting to see if the Marriott Hotel, there's a decent hotel within Calgary Airport. It's quite comfortable. It's expansive. But I'm like, it's midnight. I'll get a few hours sleep. They're going to change me to a flight in the morning. So I get my bags. There is no representative of the airline anywhere. It's like a ghost town. It's midnight. They don't have flights going out much after midnight, I guess. I have to walk about 20 minutes, go up elevators, looking for a representative of the airline. I finally find someone. I'm soaked in sweat because I'm pushing all this luggage and I'm walking, walking, walking really fast. I finally find her. I'm nice to her. Take a note, sex, love, and elephant listeners, be nice to service people who didn't make the call to make you miss your flight, who didn't affect the weather in New York City, and who have absolutely no fault in the predicament you find yourself in, treat them with grace and kindness. And I'm pleased to say I did. I too can be guilty of taking out my frustration when reality doesn't do what I want it to do on an innocent customer service rep, or in this case, a airline rep. You notice I'm not using the airline's name. Don't want to diss anybody. Shit happens. Okay. So she says, okay, you've already been booked on another flight to Nanaimo tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. I said, okay, what about um, hotel and room vouchers? A little sidebar here. Whenever I've had a canceled flight, which blessedly is pretty rarely a canceled or a flight that I've missed due to travel delay that's involved in overnight, I think it's only happened to me two other times in all my years of traveling. We were given hotel vouchers for a free night in a hotel. And we were given a meal voucher to grab breakfast or whatever. She says, oh, yeah, well, there's a special code that says you don't get any of that. It wasn't specific to me, I don't think. It was to anybody delayed. And there was a bunch of us who missed our connections home that night. So I'm like, really? That's not cool. So there's nothing. No, no. She says, no, I'm really sorry. Um, but here's your you know, boarding pass for tomorrow at 10 a.m. It's now after midnight. I'm like, okay. So I walk back to the Marriott and I walk up and I say, please tell me you have a room. And they laugh. And for $350, I get a very comfortable room. 
The moral of the story is the following. I had expectations. I had plans. I had desires. There were ways I wanted things to go. Reality had other ideas. It had a major storm. It had lightning. It had flight delays, backups at JFK airport, and a really dumb policy, in my view, of my chosen airline to not compensate the poor people that they stranded at midnight overnight in Calgary airport. So I was talking to my hubby and I said, you know, and I said to the customer service person at the airline, I said, look, I'm going to make lemonade out of these lemons and it's not your fault. And I'm going to go have a nice sleep in a really comfy bed because what else can I do? I tell you what else I can do. And this is something we do all the time. And we do it in our relationship all the time. What else could I have done? Been angry, been vindictive, complained, told everybody what a terrible flight I was having and this was so unfair and can you believe they're not covering a hotel? This is BS and so on and so on. I could have allowed my mind and my physiology and my whole being to get angry and upset and have a negative suffering experience, but none of that would have changed reality, would it? Reality was, you're not flying home tonight, Fraser. That was reality. This is deeply, deeply based in some of the teachings I do in my online program, Become Passion. That's my 12-week couples program. I'm only offering it once this year. You'll hear more about that in September. We're going to kick off together at the end of October 2023 for an amazing three-month journey together for you and your partner. For those of you that want to take a deep dive into rehabilitating and improving and renewing your own relationship on the three keys to passion, intimacy, thrill, and sensuality. And one of the through lines, it's a subtle through line in the teaching of that program and in my book, Buddha's Bedroom, and in the way I approach life and happiness, being in a relationship and more, is we're 100% responsible for our own happiness. I can be very unhappy that I'm stranded in Calgary Airport overnight, having to spend a whack of money for a room that I'm not going to get compensated for. Or I can say, okay, this is reality. This is what the truth of this reality is. This is what's happening. Cheryl, you have a choice to be miserable or happy. You have a choice to have a terrible night or a good night. What are you going to choose? Now, I'm a human being. Sometimes I have tantrums. Sometimes I'm a brat. Sometimes I fight reality. But, you know, it's like the old Clash song, which is a redo of an earlier artist. I think Eddie Cochran or someone. I fought the law and the law won. You can fight reality people, but reality is always going to win. The airplane has left without you. That's reality. Your mind, what I teach, what I call it is the mind of a lover. Can you be kind in your mind? Can you be kind to yourself? Can you be kind to your partner? When reality in your relationship isn't what you want it to be, Your partner forgot your birthday. Your partner didn't clean the house after you left with strict instructions. And they said, no problem, babe, I got this. House is going to be sparkling when you're home and you come home, the house is chaos. And it appears they've done nothing. When your partner isn't telling you or treating you the ways that you crave, you feel lonely or unconnected. Reality is that at that time. The house hasn't been cleaned. Your birthday got forgotten. You're not being told you look uh, so handsome today. You look so beautiful today. You're not being told, I love you, babe. I'm so glad we're together. It doesn't mean your partner's terrible. It doesn't even mean your relationship's in trouble. It means the current reality is not meeting your expectations. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to metaphorically scream and yell at the airline representative who has zero responsibility for the situation you're in? Reality is reality. It's not their fault. They didn't make the decision. It wasn't malicious. Or are you going to choose to be kind? Are you going to stomp and pout and have a miserable, angry night and toss and turn and have a terrible sleep? Or are you going to do what I did? By the way, so I get to my lovely room 
comfortable room, nice bed. There's no robe and I'm disappointed. Why am I disappointed? Because I'm a robe queen? No, because when I opened my suitcase to get out uh, my, my, my sleeping clothes, everything was wet. So clearly the suitcase on its trundle out to the airplane at JFK got soaked. We're talking layers deep, many layers deep of my clothing and my possessions. They were wet. My t-shirts were all wet. My nightshirt was all wet. There was nothing I could wear. So I'm like, oh, I'll put on a robe. I open up the closet. There's no robe. I'm used to there being a robe in a lot of hotels. And I'm like, oh, okay. So what did I do? Too much information. You can handle it. It's an adult program. I just slept naked. I had a shower. I called my sweetie. We had a laugh. I told him when I'd be home in the morning and I slept naked and I slept well because I didn't toss and turn thinking, this sucks. I shouldn't have to pay for this hotel. Why am I not home? I had all these plans. Can you bring this thinking to your relationship? Can you approach your relationship with the mind of a lover, which means you start training your own mind. When your mind is coming up with a negative story, I talked about this in the last episode, right? I talked about how to be generous towards your partner in your mind. What is the story you are making up in your mind? Can you change it? The answer is you can always change it. It's not easy to do, but you can always change or rewrite the negative story in your head. I could have run a story about, oh, poor me, victim of the world. I had such a terrible trip home. Or I could have gratitude and generosity. Uh Uh-huh. Those were the last two episodes, right? You can go back and listen to them if you didn't hear them. About the fact that I was so blessed to have this beautiful trip in New York City, to be able to stay in my friend's home and take care of their three beautiful pets, the two aforementioned soggy, wet, beautiful dogs and a beautiful cat. I got to see my best friend. We got to hang out in New York. I got to see Bono talk about his life and do some songs and take my niece to that. What a blessing. Am I going to distill my experience to the crappy ride home or am I going to make the lemonade out of the lemons? I did it right this time. I kept my mood high. I was in a good mood. I was gracious to the people at the airport. I didn't take it out on anybody. I did let her know that there was no representative downstairs and uh, all of us were super confused about what to do and we weren't really given information or where to go. And she said, that shouldn't have happened. I said, yeah, let your supervisor know that when they've got canceled connections and people are kind of abandoned at midnight trying to get their bags, it'd be good to have a, a representative of the airline down there just directing people where to go and helping them make sure they've got their ticket for the morning. Whatever. I gave positive feedback so they could do better next time. Constructive feedback. And I had a great night. I had a great sleep naked in my comfy bed. I got up the next morning and got dressed. I had to do a video for my uh, ongoing couples program. People who do the 12 weeks with me, a select group of them choose to continue all year long. And we do all sorts of great stuff. We have once a month Zoom nights where we have date night. I do advanced coaching. They Some of them get a one-on-one session with me and more. So On the first of every month, and it was May 1st, they always get a video with me setting up their challenges for the month ahead. I'm going to give you the same challenge in a minute because I want you to be working on your relationship alongside us this month of May. So May 1st, I got dressed up and I grabbed my phone and I did the video in my hotel room at 730 in the morning so it could go out to my audience, my select group of couples that I'm working with all year long this year. And I was happy. And I got the flight home and then, you know, a whole bunch of stuff happened there and I won't get into it, but it was a bit of a hassle of a flight home too. And then I got home and I walked off the plane and my handsome hunky man was there with a big smile on his face. We had a hug. We had a kiss. I was so glad to see him. My beautiful dog was in the car. She was so excited and life was good. Reality is going to be reality. You can't change it. 
the cancer diagnosis, you can't change that. Your partner having an affair, you can't change that if it's already happened. The distance in your relationship, you can't change the reality that there's distance in your relationship. But when you change the story in your head and you accept the reality, then you can make a difference. Let's say you and your sweetheart are distant. You're squabbling. You're not necessarily looking for a divorce. You're not heading towards affairs that you're aware of, but you're not very happy. You first need to accept the reality that we're not doing that well right now. The flight's not going to get met. We're missing the flight. That's the reality. What are we going to do about it, babe? I don't like this reality. We can't change it in this second, but in this second, we can make a choice to change moving forward. Can we talk more deeply? Can we pay more kind attention to each other? Can we work on our sexual life together? Can we be a couple that can fall in love again with the one we're already with? So my work is essentially about accepting reality And then working with the story we make about reality, working with our reaction to it. And that liberates us to make positive change to change the situation. That's a pretty deep teaching. I cover it more deeply in my book, Buddha's Bedroom. So if you're interested, you might want to get that book and go really into the mindset drawn from Buddhist philosophy and Buddhist teaching. How do we change our mind when our mind is upset with reality? We can't change reality. If your car gets stolen, your car's gone. And let's presume it's gone and been chop shopped and sent over the border and you're never getting it back. The reality is your car is gone forever. How are you going to respond to it? Can you make the lemonade? Can you be kind to the insurance provider? Can you have a good attitude when you go searching and shopping for a new car? Happiness or unhappiness is completely up to us. That's why training the mind through psychological work through meditation, through stillness practice, is the number one predictor of your happiness, your health, and your relationship well-being. Stay tuned for more on that topic. That's the elephant, by the way. The elephant is the inner wisdom that in the airport says to Cheryl Fraser, well, this kind of sucks. We wish this hadn't happened, but here we are. Let's deal with it with grace. Let's deal with it with kindness. Let's not take it out on the airline representative we finally find. And let's go pay for a nice hotel room, get a good night's sleep, because tomorrow is another day. And that brings us to today's love bite. Reality will not listen to your expectations. When the reality in your relationship or in your life is not what you want it to be, First, accept the truth of reality. Then act skillfully, compassionately, generously, and kindly to change reality moving forward. Happiness is all in your head. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'll be back with you with a brand new, fresh series of episodes of Sex, Love, and Elephants next week. They drop on Monday. And if you haven't already, please like and subscribe to this episode and to this podcast because it helps other people find us and it helps me bring the word to more of you. Oh, I almost forgot. Here's your challenge for the month of May. Kiss your partner each and every day. Kiss them deeply. Kiss them well. Let's get kissing back where it belongs, which is in our repertoire every day, many times a day. There's your challenge. Email me at hello at drcherylfraser.com. If you kiss every day, From the day you're hearing this podcast, which is around May 8th, I think it'll come out. If you kiss every day from now till the end of May, I want you to drop me a line and we're going to draw a prize and it's going to be a good prize. So if you're kissing up a storm, just send an email to hello at drcherylfraser.com titled Kissing Challenge. You have to wait till May 30th. And once you've had your final kiss of May on May 30th, send us an email and I'm going to send you 
a really nice prize. We may even announce the winners here on the show. Okay, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Sex, Love, and Elephants. But most of all, thank you for being part of this herd. If you enjoyed listening, please share this with a friend. And if you haven't already, I would love, love, love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review the show on your podcast player because it really helps all the other elephants find us. If you have any questions or comments or maybe an idea for the show where you'd like to be a guest, reach out to me directly at drcherylfraser.com, where you can also sign up for weekly Love Bites, science-based tips for creating love and passion that last a lifetime. <laughs>